Hi, this is Dominic. Welcome to my podcast. I decided to make a podcast because I wanted to share some things that were on my heart. Some things that I feel that might be able to help someone who could be struggling and similar struggles that we go through. First, I would like to tell you a little bit about my story so you can get an idea of who I am and how I might be able to help. I'm 41 years old. I'm married. And I have three children. Now, I also have issues in my life of anger. I have a strong temper t- temperament. I get really upset, really irritable, really quick. I also have fear. I fear of things like germs, airplanes, death, fear of losing my family, fear of my family getting sick. These are the things that I struggle with. Along with that, I have struggles in the area of addiction. To be specific, it would be classified as sex addiction and love addiction. Now, this this podcast can go in many ways. I can try to share with you what I've learned in mental health through going to therapy, through reading books. I can try to tell you what I believe in and why I believe in it. But there's some help that I think is also available. Some books that are also available that I do not want to ignore. And I'd like to talk about those books. But before I do, I'd like to say this. Whatever I say, please do your own research. Do not blindly listen, blindly follow this podcast. Do not think I have some more value or worth than you. That's a trap. Do not think I am less than you. Do not think that just because I don't have the same degrees or resources or experiences than you that I am any less than you. I am not more and I am not less than you. In a lot of ways, I am the same as you and you are the same as me. We have different families, different friends, different upbringings and things like that. So we have a different story to tell with our own different experiences our own different traumas, our own different abuses. For example, I've heard many people say that they are turned off when they talk about addiction and people like to bring up the topic of God or religion or 12-step programs or things like that. They think that it's kind of controlling or shaming or for whatever reason. So, I get it. I understand that. However, I do not want to be 
fake. I do not want to be giving you a mask or a a representation of myself that is not authentic. What I mean by that is, I have searched myself and found in life, for me, there is two paths. The paths are this. I can choose to believe in God or I can choose to not believe in God. That's really it. Everything I look at in my worldview falls along those two paths. Whether you pray to God or the universe or you don't believe in God, I classify people as those two types of people. So let me explain to you what I mean by the people who do believe in God. And then I'll explain to you the people who I believe who don't believe in God. So, the people who do believe in God have a sense that there is a creator, there's a God of love, he's present. Some people refer to God as a she. I'm not going to go into that. I'm just going to say there's that. Some people believe in God as sort of a force. Now, I'm not going to go into what I believe in just here. I'm just explaining how what I found the different um, classes are. Now, for the people who do not believe in God, they're the ones who say that they were traumatized by religion, by controlling churches or parents or I don't know what. Um, so they are somehow turned off from it. And I'm not going to try to convince them that there is a God if they've already convinced themselves in their heart that there really isn't a God. It would be fruitless and pointless for me to go on endless debates and have this type of argument with you. I'm just presenting to the table what I have found. Regardless if you do believe in God or you don't believe in God, I believe you have to choose what you're going to eat uh, spiritually and mentally, and this is your diet. Are you going to listen to people who are similar to you, who trying to get out of the pit of despair, so to say, and help you? Because, I'll be honest with you, as someone who does believe in God, I'm going to seek help from the people who say they do believe in God. And with that, I'm not saying I'm going to blindly follow them either. I'm going to check what they say, compare it to what I believe in, and to see if there's some, some sort of truth. Now, I'm not going to get into really depth conversations on this right now. This is more of just a welcome to tell you how I see the world. So if you want to understand me and why I say the things I do in the future podcasts, there's the framework I have just given you. The two paths and really the two groups of people. Now, in your worldview, you may have it figured out a different way. You may be an atheist. You may believe, be a religious person or whatever. Spiritual to me, that doesn't matter. Now, I'm going to try my best now to be honest with you and tell you now why I believe the way I do. First, I was born into a Christian home. However, I did not have um, a life that I'm proud to share um, 
with my family, with my wife, with my friends. I've kept a lot of this bottled in, in fact, very secretly. The reason why is because of shame. The reason why is the fear of reprisal, the fear of judgment. And knowing that, I have shut up. I have put on masks to please people. I've tried my best to present an image that I was hoping they would accept. Some of them have. Some of them have figured me out. And some of them know because deep down, I think they are similar to me. Where they also have done some things they are not going to tell you. And thought some things they are not going to tell you. So therefore, they are critical and skeptical just like me. I'm a critical and skeptic. I do not like to have people tell me how to live my life. I do not like to have people smile and have it all while I don't have it all. It makes me envious. It makes me jealous. Now, why am, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this basically so you can understand and relate with me. So you can see how we are very similar. How there's really no difference between me and you. The only difference is we have different experiences. That's really it. You may be um, a male, a female, or you may be born with both. What I'm saying is, humans need to understand each other. Humans need to talk about our differences. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm coming out, I'm coming open to you, being public to you, and telling you who I am, what I'm about, and how I see the world. And I do not have all the right answers. Feel free to be a critic and a skeptic. If that's how you want to live, feel free. Now, moving on, what else do I think? Let me answer some uh, frequently asked questions that I am assuming and predicting are coming from the other side. The other side, meaning people who do not believe like me, people who believe that there is no God and, you know, the whole religion, the whole religiosity of things is all a sham. The objections to my personal line of thinking are, if God is real, why does he allow suffering? Now, you can try to search for this answer yourself. But regardless if you believe in God or not, you have to deal with the reality of human suffering. If there really is a God, why doesn't he help? Or is he helping? If he is not helping and there is no God, then as an atheist, what are you going to do to change the world to be a better place? You can hold your fist up to an imaginary power that you profess don't believe in, then how are you going to be the good person to help come together and make the world a better place? How can I join you as a common goal to do that? And even though we have differences of faiths and differences of opinions, because the truth is, we're not going to be converting each other. We may try, but I'm not going to convert you to my faith and you're not going to convert me to yours. And I must say, that what we both have is faiths. You might say, I'm not religious, I don't have a faith, I am a person of non-faith. 
that actually has some truth to it. However, the things you and I believe in are different. But the truth is, we do trust and believe in something. Whether the thing be God or the thing be ourselves or the thing be something else. The object of our trust is something or someone. Mine, I claim and profess to be, is in God. For the atheist, if you're an atheist listening, then that would be in yourself. So, if you are the one that can help make the world a better place, then please do. Please try your best and help those around you by loving them and trying to do the right thing. And let's talk about what the right thing is. The right thing isn't always a relative thing. It isn't like some people can eat uh, greasy food and someone cannot. I'm not talking about that kind of right things. I'm talking about the things that are pertaining to love and real love in a self-sacrificing where you're giving yourself kind of way. You're not doing it for fame or money. You're just basically trying to love someone even when without no one looking. Uh, examples of that could be like picking up the trash off the road if no one's looking. Um, not running red lights. You know, things like these. You know, there's, there's just too many scenarios to explain what exactly that looks like. But for yourself, I'm sure there are things that you know that are good. And I know too. For example, we both can agree that hypocrisy is bad. When someone presents themselves to be on a pedestal, on a high horse, both the atheist and I would be offended. We're going to see someone as, hey, this guy is pretending to be something he's not. And both of us have a similar morality where we know that, hey, it is wrong to present yourself in an image that is not true. That is stepping out of integrity integrity of yourself so along that line I think we can be more authentic and honest individuals I won't try to push my religion down your throat and you try not to push your non-religion down our throats in that way we both can have peace we both can live a life where we're mutually helping each other, mutually enjoying each other's friendship and fellowship, and there's no hate and discontent in that. The problem comes when we envy one another. The problem comes when we look at each other and we say, you know, the other person seems to be pretty happy and I'm not. Why is that? Or the problem comes when we are holding on to some bitterness and resentment. Now, whatever you believe in or don't believe in, how are you going to get rid of your bitterness and resentment? How are you going to get rid of the fact that people have been mean to you, have been abusing you, maybe you're abusing yourself, maybe someone is currently abusing you? How am I going to get rid of these bad feelings and bad thoughts? I don't know how you can do it. I don't know what your personal moral compass is. But I'll share with you what mine is. I will tell you. Maybe you can agree. Maybe you can hate it. Maybe you do not want to hear this at all. Maybe you've already heard this and you're like, you know what? Another religious fanatic. Why even listen to people like this? Okay. Here it goes. 
So, why do I think God can help me? Well, when I hit my uh, lowest point in life, and the details are sad, I basically cried out, believing in there is a loving God listening, trusting that this loving God heard me and does love me, and this was the beginning of my healing. I cried out, and I vented all my rage, all my hatred. I was so honest. I'm not going to lie to you. I was so honest. Do you know what I said? I'll tell you what, what I said. I prayed, and I talked to God like this. I said, God, I believe I have hated you, and I have lived a life that has just been despising you and goodness, and I hate everything. I am so angry at people. I'm so angry at hypocrisy. I'm so angry at false faces, false masks, and I'm angry at myself for trying to live a life that I cannot live. I am begging you, please help me. Please change me. Even if the world rejects me, even if I can't understand, please help me. I just need to feel some love. I just need to feel some acceptance because I have not been getting it from anyone. And I just need to feel this. I need to know that I am loved. I need to know who I am, what my purpose is. I need to know. And I went and I just opened up my heart and confessed my true, authentic self to God as best as I understood who God was and who I understood as myself. In this prayer, I called myself some of the worstest names in the book, thinking that they were true, and I believe, to some extent, they are true. And I felt good to confess it, to agree that I had messed up, to agree that I had done wrong, and to admit that I need help, to admit that I can't do it alone and I need help. I felt good saying this. No one was pushing me. No one told me to do this. I just knew I had to make this right, however it looked, and I wanted to make it right. So I cried and I prayed. This was the beginning of a relationship with God that I didn't know before. Later, I started reading my Bible myself. I started praying. I didn't look at people uh, as uh, self-righteous hypocrites that I sometimes want to give them that label. I basically said, I have been the self-righteous hypocrite myself. Therefore, it would be even more hypocr hypocritical to recall them that even though I am that, and it could be perhaps the benefit of the doubt that I am wrong and they are probably not that at all and I am just misjudging them. Out of my deep, deep, deep bitterness and anguishing and envy. That is my true heart opinion. So, even the people who weren't religious, I thought were a bunch of self-righteous hypocrites. But I thought, there are some good people out there who are not as bad as me. So, I had to come to that 
realization. And I had to accept that. It hurt my pride. It hurt my self-righteousness. More confirming that I am the one that having the self-righteous. So I had to give this up. Say, God, I am self-righteous. And I am sorry. I do not want to be this way. This is not what I want to be. I don't want to be seeming like I have all the answers. I have all the things figured out. Because I am pretty pretty uh, messed up to hold on to this kind of belief. So... Just having this daily sort of prayer and dialogue with God is how I talk to God. Even today, when I read the Bible, and I just listen to it, I just read it, and then I pray. I feel like these are the answers in life that I've been looking for. Answers of what? What is so good in the Bible that can possibly help me? Well, let me tell you a story, a story that really rocked my boat. It starts off with a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Now, these guys tried to test Jesus. And they said, Jesus, this woman was caught having adulterous relationship. What do you say? Should she be punished? Are you not going to punish her and let her go and therefore prove to the world that you don't follow the law? And they were saying this to test him. So what happened? This story is just like mine. I am the woman caught in the act of adultery. I am merely a man, but I'm saying in that story it was a woman. So I am like that woman who was caught in the act of adultery. I had shame. I had done things that I did not want to be exposed, but I eventually got exposed. And when I got exposed, it was a sad moment, a shock to my family. It was a shock to others. It made a lot of people cry. In a way, I was expelled. I was kicked out. No one kicked me out. It was just what happened. So in this story, let me tell you, Jesus tells these people, You who are without sin, cast the first stone. Now, the guys who are trying to throw a stone at this woman who was adulterous had the opportunity to now look at themselves and their hearts and hear those words do I have sin yes I do can I throw this stone even though Jesus said if you have no sin you can throw the first stone can I be the first one to throw this stone the answer was they could not. No one was the first one and no one threw any stones because they now knew they were the same as that woman. In that day, perhaps these men did not commit adultery in that day. And she was the one who did it in that day. So they thought they're more righteous, they're better off. But in that day is not all that matters. 
who is without sin that can throw the stone? Jesus was the only one who could throw the stone, who could cause harm to the one who did the bad. And what happened? This story is found in John chapter 8. If you read John chapter 8, you see Jesus' own words to her. He said, Woman, where are your accusers? And she looked around and said, There's no one, Lord. He says, Well then, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Jesus did not give what was required by the law. Whose law? God's law. Jesus was going to pay the price for this woman's sins. Jesus went to the cross and he bled and he prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus wasn't just praying for those people who were crucifying him. He was praying for the woman in John chapter 8. She did not know why she was committing adultery. If you study why people do affairs, if you have had an affair, if you understand that, why you did it, what were you looking for? Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. I did not know what I was doing when I was doing these kinds of secret, shameful things I'm talking about. In the human perspective, people will say, yeah, you, you, knew, you knew exactly what you were doing. You knew how bad it would hurt others. You just kept on and you just it was all about you. And therefore, giving me and others that deep, deep wound because we believed that we knew what we were doing. We believed a lie, basically. What was the lie? That this secret shaming thing was going to help me, was going to heal me, was going to comfort me was going to always be with me. But what did it end up doing? When we get exposed, it proved and it gave us shame. How do I deal with this now? What is my identity? How do I, I what's the whole reason to what I'm saying this kind of stuff? What I'm saying is If I can believe that Jesus, my God, took my secret shames, 
upon himself. And if I can believe that woman's secret shames and sins and my adulteries were all put on Jesus, and I can see how Jesus was crucified, was punished in my place, in her place, in all our places. Now, not only do I see us as the same with different experiences, but now I see that God loves us the same. So there's two truths that I have accepted, that we are the same and similar, and God loves us the same. Therefore, there is no need to put each other on a pedestal or be addicted to someone to that degree. There is a need to look up and see who was lifted up. Who was on a pedestal? The one who was on the cross. The one who was deemed as cursed and stricken. He is the one that is actually being lifted up and put on a pedestal, to put on the altar, to be sacrificed. He is the one that I'm talking about. So, when I become addicted to a person, it feels like that person has all the right answers and feels good and looks good and gives me comfort but when I stop and say hold on wait a minute this is a person just like me why am I giving them my power and my energy why not take my eyes off that and take my eyes off myself and trying to fulfill some craving and appetite and look at that inner wound and say, I am hurt. I am empty. Who can heal me? Who can feel this? I will put my God up on the pedestal. For he is already there. And ask, pleading, please hear my cry. Please forgive me. Please help me to live the right way. Please help me to look at that other woman as a woman as in john chapter 8 who was caught in adultery but you didn't throw a stone at her lord you wanted to tell her go and sin no more lord please help me to follow your commands and go and sin no more to in effect continue to obey your law that you laid down in john chapter 8 to go and sin no more and let it be applied to our life and her life that we would both go our separate ways and sin no more isn't that kind of isn't that what jesus wants to have marriages that are faithful to have children look at their moms and dads and pride to say Thank you, Dad and Mom, for staying it with each other and sticking it out. Thank you for showing me an example. Because when I grow up, I do not want to be unfaithful to my future spouse. And I want my kids, whoever they may be, to be faithful to their future spouses. Isn't that kind of good? Isn't that, I would not say enviable, but isn't that, I think, part of God's plan? 
I do think so. I honestly do. Those who can live like that got my respect. Those who can give the glory to where glory is due and credit to God got my respect. Those who say, I did all this out of my own power and my own this and that, or giving the credit kind of to others, but sort of really you're taking it on for yourself. I have to say, I'm sorry. I don't respect that at all. Now, I know people try hard. They try so hard. And that is respectable. But to take the credit and the glory and say, you know what? I'm the one who do this. I'm the one who makes my heart beats. I'm the one and just say, I, I, I. I think that is an obsession with self. And that is why I'm not an atheist. That is why. Because I am not interested in looking good and being this uh, superstar or, uh, you know, want people to like me and, uh, you know, just trying to be basically God, but at the same time say there is no God. Do you see my point? There's people who are trying to say that they're so good or they're enough. Really, it's not the way I see it. When people are going through suicide and going through group therapies and seeing therapists to still hold on to the belief that I am enough, it doesn't sound like we are enough. It sounds like we need help from the outside, not from within. From within, I can't tell you what's in your heart. I can tell you what's in my heart. And it's not unconditional love. It's hate. It's envy. It's pride. It's bitterness. It's lust. It's adultery. You might protest and say, oh, but you got some good sides. Honestly, I can agree. Because if I didn't agree with you, I would have to be having a toxic shame kind of identity where there's, I'm absolutely rotten to the core, which I cannot say is true. I'm not saying I'm absolutely rotten to the core. I'm saying my my heart is selfishly bent on pleasing my own desires and appetites, putting myself before you. That's what I'm saying. And the teachings in the Bible that say that we need to pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus applies to me because it tells me that I need to put away myself as being the number one and look to others' needs. And at the same time, it is also looking to my needs too in a healthy way not in a secretive addicting kind of a um, guilty pleasure vice kind of way that's what i believe in now i've tried hard to talk to atheists in the past my whole goal into talking with atheists in the past was to tell them the answer for the sin problem that God has provided himself the way to have their sins forgiven, the way to know God and to be reconciled to God, and that's it. Now, people are offended because they think they're enough. They think they don't need God. 
they think the Bible is just uh, a book written by, you know, people trying to control you and take your money. And I can't convince people who are believing that way. So, God is not going to force anyone to believe. People have their own path. They have their own free will. They can go ahead and do their own research and see if there really is a God. And see if any of this is making sense. I'm not promised a perfect life just because I have a Bible. I am promised that Jesus will be with me through the hard times. And I would rather believe in that than to go through the hard times and have nobody to include, not even have myself, because I, was a, I, I would abandon myself. So these are the reasons why I believe in what I do. I'm very genuine in my faith. I do believe God is real. I do believe God is good. I do believe he can forgive all our sins if we humbly ask. If you believe that he died on the cross for your sins, you ask him to forgive you and just surrender, just give up. Give up trying. Just give up. Say, God, help me. I'm desperate. I think if you open your heart to God like that, he knows. And you'll see things happen in your life that are just amazing. You can't really explain it besides this has to be God doing it. That's what I want to say. That's been my message for today. I hope someone might listen. I hope someone would feel no shame in their identity. I hope they would be able to reconcile back to God. And ask, God, what do you want me to do? Who am I? I've struggled with this. I've struggled with that. Who am I? What's my identity for real? I've had so many labels. I'm a this. I'm a that. Who am I? And let God tell you who you are. And when he does, more and more confidence you'll have more and more assurance you'll have and it will be the doctor diagnosing you giving you a label and a name that is a-okay because you know he is out for your good he is not out to punish you he is out to save that's what jesus said he didn't call the righteous but sinners to repentance he said the healthy don't need a doctor but the sick do these are the things Jesus said. If we can look at ourselves as sick, someone who needs healing, we need a doctor, then we can say, okay, I don't know who I am, but I know I'm at least sick. If we can look at ourselves and say, you know what? I identify as a this or a that. I really don't know who I am, if I'm born this way, if I chose this way or what. We can say, Lord, who am I? I have these desires. Who am I? I have these needs. Who am I, God? Are you showing me something? Are you trying to tell me something? Please reveal it to me. Please help me find the answers in your word and not through men and women 
but through you, God. I want to trust in you and your word. I think when you seek God wholeheartedly and passionately, you will know who you are. I can go on and on about sexuality and stuff like that, but I don't think it would benefit too much. Unless you have a strong desire to know God, I don't think the other answers in life will come so easily. I think once we know God, once we have a right relationship with Him, things start to make sense. Then you can call yourself a different thing. You don't always have to call yourself, I'm an addict or a recovering addict. Maybe you can start calling yourself as, I'm a child of God. And not be boasting about it. Not Because it's not a, you know, boast. It's a, basically a gift. It's not something we worked for. It was a gift. So we don't need to boast in it. We can just say, I got it. And you can too. If other people are envious of you, you can tell. You can tell them about what God has done for your life. And it's up to them to take it. Maybe they're the ones who are looking for the answers. And you're that person in their life who might be able to help them. I don't know. I hope you have a great day.